Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in shadows. This is Isaac, and on this bonus episode, I am joined once again with Peta from Eternal Sisters Paranormal. Ethereal Sisters Paranormal. Ethereal Sisters Paranormal. Sorry. Ethereal. Ethereal. I think that name was so hard. Ethereal Sisters Paranormal. Last we talked was what almost last year. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it feels really? like it. Like, yeah. Oh my lord! Because last time we had a bonus yeah. episode was yeah, like, like twenty twenty. Oh my goodness! Is it that long ago? Far out! How time flies, hey? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, and uh, you're joining me all the way from Australia, which is pretty cool. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> I am, and I'm in Western Australia, so it's only nine forty three in the morning for me here. <laughs> And opposite time for me, so it's nighttime here, which is yes. You're in tomorrow, and I'm in yeah yesterday for you. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm coming from the future, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that always boggles my mind when I think about time zones like that, but whatever. Um, I remember after our first interview, we had we started talking and stuff like that. Um. We had a mirror, a mirror, mirrors episode uh, discussing the paranormal when it comes to that. And I remember you either you talked to Megan or you Megan talked to you, but you brought up that you had an experience with them. I sure did. Uh, A mirror. Um, A mirror. Oh, yeah. Yes. And what we've learned about haunted mirrors in its own way is that they seem to be a gateway or at least a portal in some way if activated and used but um yeah mm. since then I, i've learned the mirror test about how you point your finger to it if the finger's off by like a smallest centimeter it mirrors haunted oh yeah, yeah I, I actually have done that test myself um i think i did it on the other mirror that's in this room because I'm in the room where the whole mirror thing went down um, to see if my finger was off center, but it was, it was good. So Mm. (laughs) that was reassuring. So instead of uh, teasing our listeners a little more, (laughs) uh, I guess go ahead with your, uh, your, your story of uh, what, what happened with the haunted mirror. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> this all happened when I was 15. So year 10 high school and it was, you know, probably towards the beginning of the year because it went on, you know, the whole, whole ordeal went on for almost 12 months. Uh, our neighbors at the time had separated and decided that they were going to both move back to Tasmania. So they were having, you know, a big garage sale. And mum went over there to, uh, you know, see what she could find. And, you know, one of the items being this mirror. Now it was, you know, like a mirror you would put, you know, up on, you know, your walls, so like oval with the um, the gold, you know, antique filigree type bordering, so more of like a, you know, a face, face mirror. And, um, you know, she bought another 
couple of things over and I remember, you know, like going out and seeing it and, you know, I just had that instant kind of pull towards it. And, you know, back at this time I didn't know that, you know, I had, you know, like abilities or, you know, the gifts that I have now. But I think that probably had a lot to do with it, that, you know, I was just kind of drawn to it. And when I asked mum, you know, later on, and, you know, I think it was, you know, I did a, a live stream talking about, you know, this whole story for the very first time, you know, and, and I wanted to to talk to mum because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I had the facts right. And, you know, I found out things that, you know, I don't even remember doing. So that was a little bit trippy. Um, but yeah, so I'm quite drawn to this mirror and I asked mum, you know, can I have that mirror in my room? And she was like, yeah, no problem. So this mirror was, you know, an antique. It had been, you know, in their family for, you know, generations and, you know, so I hang it up on my wall. And all's fine, no problems. Um, you know, mum tells me, you know, when I spoke to her about the whole story that pretty much from the get-go of having it in the house, every single time she would walk down the passageway because the laundry's, you know, just kind of out there, she would see a shadow in my room and she kind of just you know fobbed it off being oh that's just my shadow reflecting you know the wind that the blinds are open all that and you know but then you know it it just moved weird and it was more like it wasn't you know solid but it was more opaque than say what her shadow would have cast and this was going on for a couple of weeks and I had absolutely no clue Um, but it was about two weeks after the mirror came in that things started changing with me and by that I mean you know my not so much my personality but you know, my mannerisms and, you know, like I was quite a happy, you know, like stubborn, annoying teenager, obviously at 15. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just was starting to act quite out of character. And, of course, mum, dad especially put it down to the fact that, you know, teenagers, hormones, girl it's all good um but then things kind of started you know getting gradually worse over this time and um I was in uh like I I guess what you'd call like the the popular um crowd right and you know when you've got 
a whole bunch of, you know, girls, you have like your little groups within that group. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I was a rocker um, kid in school, so I was, was a rebellious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, like I, I started fighting with my friends and just, you know, causing problems. So, so I would have uh, reoccurring nightmares night after night and it was always this thing like I, I can't like remember because it's a very long time ago. That's giving away my age, but it was. Um, and it was always something chasing me. And I would wake up and I would just be scared. So I'd always like, you know, grab my pillow and I'd go and like sleep on the floor in mum and dad's room because I just was that petrified really. So, um, you know, then things started really going downhill to the point where my dad couldn't, even come near me anymore uh so you know I would always you know play fight with my dad and he would you know tickle the crap out of my sister and I when we were younger and you know we'd be screaming and telling him to stop and stop it's like killing me but if he tried to do that I would turn around and say, go on, hit me, punch me in the face, I don't care. Or, you know, one time I said, um, you know, break my arm, like do it, just do it. And and then he was kind of a bit put off by this thinking, you know, like, okay, well, whatever, teenagers. And, you know, one day he, he tried to, to muck around with me and I don't remember doing this. This is, you know, from what mum was telling me, but I was literally standing there yelling at my dad to, like, punch me in the face. Like, I really wanted him to hurt me. And dad went to mum and thought, she's she's wanting me to, to punch her, like, she actually seriously wants me to hurt her. And he said, like, what the hell? Mum had kind of, uh, I guess, cotton on to the idea that something was a little bit off with her experiences that she was having uh, in the house, like the radio would turn on, be no power to it, would turn off. The, The old record player, you know, the turntable would, to start growing um and so she kind of started like looking at it like okay well this is kind of when things started going a little bit weird with Peter and it's around the same time I bought Smyrna in um so kind of I guess fast forward a little bit you know I was still going to school but I didn't want to be there. I refused to go most days. 
the days that mum would make me go, I would like, you know, get quite volatile. Um, my grades just went from A's, B's down to, you know, C's. And I even got a couple of D's, which was very out of character for me. <clears throat> so um, I think the the craziest thing uh, that my mother told me about the things that I was doing was that I would be banging my head and, like, I don't remember doing this, Isaac. Like, and when mum told me a specific, um, you know, like, time that happened at school, I was mortified. <laughs> um but, you know, I said to her, like, what do you mean I'd bang my head? Like, where? Where would I bang my head? And she'd be like, just anywhere. You'd just start braining yourself on the wall. So, you know, as in, like, I, I was really going for it, you know, really, you know, smashing my head. And she said, and, you know, then, you know, there was that day where, you know, your form room teacher had to take you to your doctor. Um, because you were smashing your head on the bricks at school. And I was just like, whoa, 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 hold up a second. I said, I was doing this at school. And she said, yes. And, oh, my gosh, so 15 years old and I'm banging my head out for the entire school to witness (laughs) And I said to her, well, where, like whereabouts at school did I do this? And it was near the canteen in the morning. So it was when (laughs) there was like so many students like walking around and I said to mum, oh, my gosh, how embarrassing. I said like, well, did I have, you know, why did my teacher take me to to my doctor? Like did I have like cuts? or anything like that because, you know, they were quite rough bricks. And she said, well, that's the weird part. She said, you never, ever got a mark on you. And I'm just, I said to her, wait, what? I said, how is that possible? If I'm smashing my my head, how am I not cutting it or grazing it or or anything she said no never a mark never a bruise never a graze nothing so (laughs) you know just hearing that was just mortifying and 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 not remembering it either um I think is even more kind of um disconcerting um you know, mum had started taking me to our local GP to, you know, get some treatment thinking that, you know, it's mental health, it's, you know, it's got to be, you know, something explainable. Uh, You know, she had to trick me into going to the doctor, you know, from an injury, otherwise I wouldn't have gone. 
And so I ended up, you know, then seeing the same doctor every single week for almost a year. <clears throat> and if anything happened at school, um, <clears throat> yeah, they would just take me down to my doctor. Um, so that sounds that sounds like oppression. Um, something you ever come to mirror that's trying to get you ready for possession. Oh, I don't, I don't know like what it was. I still haven't found out. And, you know, that's another reason why I've always been intrigued by the paranormal because I want to try and find out answers. Like what was it? Was it a human spirit and just a negative one? Or was it something else, more malevolent, more, I don't know, I, I don't know. Um, but I certainly, you know, had moments where, you know, I was scared and, you know, it, it got so bad the nightmares, the just activity and things like that going on, you know, in this particular room I'm in, that I ended up being moved into another bedroom. So that was right next door to, you know, the family room where mum and dad always had the light on and they would watch TV. So I kind of felt because I was closer to them and because I had that light coming into my bedroom that, you know, it kind of put me at ease a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, one night I, I went to bed and, you know, I just lay down, closed my eyes and I get this instant light vision and it's me like, curled like kind of into I guess like the fetal position on the kitchen floor and I've got this huge knife like you know freaking kitchen knife just sticking out of my stomach and I'm just like surrounded by a pool of blood and I open my eyes (laughs) I'm freaking out I rush out of my room head out and you know, it took mum and dad a little while to like even calm me down because I was like absolutely petrified because I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen to me. Is this what's going to happen to me? Am I going to die? And, you know, so I explained to mum and dad once, you know, they calmed me down a little bit, what happened. And, you know, I think from around that time, I pretty much set up house in my mum and dad's bedroom. So I would sleep in my mum and dad's room. And, I mean, I'm a 15-year-old and I'm sleeping in my mum and dad's bedroom on the floor on a mattress because, one, I can't even look into this bedroom where it all started and, two, I just can't, I'm too scared to go to sleep in my other room. And, you know, I I must have been in there for months. So. 
You don't still yeah, have that mirror, I, do you? No. <laughs> so I, I guess, um, you know, mum, uh, because my mum has got, you know, she's got gifts um, and, you know, has had premonitions and things like that. So, you know, because she was kind of starting to piece the pieces together, you know, she spoke to, um, she decided to go to our local Catholic priest and like we weren't like say practicing Catholics, but, you know, they knew who mum was because we would, you know, go every now and again. And she spoke to the priest there and asked, you know, like, could it be something that's, you know, attacking her and and causing her to behave this way? And his response was there's something not right going on that is, like, affecting her quite badly. And he asked her, would you be able to bring her in? And mum just laughed and said, there's no way. I had to trick her into going and seeing the doctor. So there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to get her in to church to see you. And that was the last we heard about the priest doing anything. Like I said to mum, why didn't he, like, come to the house why didn't he come see me and she said they just didn't didn't help they just left it and you know I thought that was a bit strange um you know but you know I got to the point where I had lost pretty much my four like best friends So I was kind of just around like the same group of of girls and that, but I would spend like say lunch and that more to myself. I didn't interact with people in classrooms. I didn't, yeah, I I just... (laughs) I mean, I, my mum told me <laughs> that my my best friends, who I weren't even, I wasn't even talking to at the, at that time, would go up to the car after I'd left to walk into school and ask mum, "How is she today?" And mum would say, "Not good. Please keep an eye on her." So. You know, I think even my closest friends were a little bit freaked out and a little bit scared of me because I would get quite volatile at school. And, yeah, it just, it's just something that, Every single time I try to like talk about it and like tell it, it's just, I don't know, like it just gets to me. Like it makes me feel, um, I don't know, like yuck. 
does, does that make sense? Like I, I actually had someone ask me on a podcast, like, do you think you've, you know, got any PTSD from this experience? And, you know, I thought to myself, well, no, not really. But I think I do because now and pretty much my entire life, like I haven't, like I can't look into any kind of antique mirror or a mirror that could be brand spanking new but has like the, you know, antique type, you know, bordering to it. Yeah. I can't do it. I cannot look into them. I'll always like look down. Like, especially if it's like a really big mirror, like, um, you know, there's a location that we visit and they've got them everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, I just look down at my feet. I will not look into them. So, yeah, things got so bad that, um, you know, the I was, you know, hearing voices and it wasn't just like one voice. It would be male voices, female voices, and I would be talking to the doctor about this. And so he kind of thought, oh, maybe it is a mental health. And, you know, he he spoke to mum about it and said, well, you know, she's hearing these voices. Like I'm kind of like thinking maybe she's like got schizophrenia, but she doesn't fit like the profile of someone with schizophrenia. And and mum actually spoke to him about the mirror. And <laughs> this is coming from a doctor of science, right? So she tells him what's been going on at home with the mirror and what she was seeing, what I would see, because I would be walking past, you know, this room when I wasn't in it. And I would see, like, you know, this freaking huge big shadow. And it was, like, massive. So it took up, like, the entire corner of my room and it would be so tall that it would be kind of coming up over the ceiling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I would see it out of the corner of my eye and this thing would just shrink back, like, at light speed. <laughs> um So it wasn't my shadow and, you know, he said to mum, well, you know, you need to look into this. Like I think, you know, you should try, um, you know, either get rid of the mirror or whatever. And, and, you know, mum spoke to family members about it and, and she said, I don't think I could get rid of it. Like I'm not going to put this... You know, like if she took it to an op shop, right, or an antique store, I'm not going to let someone else buy that mirror and then have a similar thing happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So her solution was to smash it. <laughs> And so I got home from school one day and mum said to me, okay, I'm going to do something 
and I don't want you to say one single word. And I was like, uh, okay. And I might think to myself, great, what have I done now? What am I, like, am I getting grounded? Have I done something? What's going on? And she looks at me and she's like serious, like really serious. So she said not one single word and she just put her finger to her lips and I'm like, okay. And then she just walks off and she walks out with the freaking mirror. And by this point in time, like she moved the mirror um, so it was under her bed but facing down. And she had a Bible uh, open under my bed in the room I'd moved into. So, of course, I go to say, like, what are you doing, I guess? And mum just went. So I was like, okay. So this bit's a little bit weird because I remember this whole thing differently which is a bit bizarre. Um, But mum said, no, that's not what happens. That's not how it happened at all. So I remember it being mum handing me the mirror and telling me to go outside and I was standing there with the mirror and I looked at her and I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with it now? And she said, just drop it. And I drop it and it smashes into a bajillion pieces. But that's not how it happened. But that's exactly how I remember it in my head. She said, no, you stayed inside and I went outside with the mirror And I just let it go and it smashed into a bajillion pieces. Like, I mean, it was quite a large mirror, but this thing, when it like hit the ground and she didn't like, you know, freaking hammer it down onto the ground. She just dropped it from, you know, waist high and she's like five foot. So not, you know, a huge distance. And this thing, like, was obliterated. (laughs) Like, it went everywhere. And mum said to me, the creepiest part and something that I've never, ever witnessed to this day was she said, I was watching your face as I dropped it. And she said, when I dropped it and it smashed, she said, the look on your face just changed like a switch had been flicked and then I turned around and said what have you done like look at the mess you've made and then I just started laughing and I hadn't laughed or smiled in months and months and months and yeah, mum said it was just the the craziest thing. She said, I just and I and, and I asked her, I said, Well, you know, what do you mean like my face changed? Like 
what did I go from looking like a demon to like you know a 15 year old again (laughs) and she said no it was just I don't know she said it was just like a, a, a switch had flipped and I could see you again and it, it just, it's giving me chills now just like thinking about it. But, you know, when I was asking her to, you know, clarify these details before I told it last year, you know, she still got super emotional about it because it was such a hard year for not, just me but our entire family like it affected all of us because we you know like I was you know close with mum and dad and you know like my sister and I just ostracized everybody in the household um you know my dad never really kind of believed I I think in it all being because of a mirror. Um, But I think after everything that happened and, you know, like unexplained things going on in the house, um, you know, he started thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, mum's on something here. And, you know, I asked her, I said, well, what about my sister? Did you know, anything happened with her? And she said, no. And I said, did she ever say anything? She said, no. She said she was, you know, didn't didn't even bother. She said you just would be depressed or just cranky, didn't want to talk, socialise with anybody, you know, we'd be taking you out and having a good day and you would just, freaking be miserable the entire time so yeah it it affected everyone and it um you know like to me like I said to mum you know is it you know possible that it was like a mental health thing because, you know, at that age, I guess, you know, 15, you, your hormones are developing and, you know, I, I'm trying to look for a rational explanation at this point. And she said, like, he just could not line you up with anything. So, and, you know, like the the recurring nightmares that I'd have, Um you know, and and the voices that always be, you know, wanting me to hurt myself um, and not in a good way, like cut myself or kill myself or just all dark, just dark, dark crap that just went on and on and on. And I think it ended up being yeah close to 12 months and then after mum smashed it things kind of started lifting and not me so much but mum noticed how much uh lighter 
the house felt. And, you know, I kind of just went back to normal, happy Peter. <laughs> and so I don't know. It's, it, it, it still baffles me and I still want the answers. And, yeah, like, like I said to you before you started recording, you know, like I don't think that, you know, any of, well, whatever it was that was, you know, attaching to me or whatever it may be is still in this room, but there's definitely residual energy in here. Um, you know, Wait. I've seen. Was it? I know I have a, I did two pools while you were talking. You did what? Two pulls, something of my charge, my right hand that I had to pull off the plane. Oh, oh, okay. So, what did what did you what did you see? See, well, I don't really ever see anything, but no, when my right hand charges, it tells me a dark entity or something of the evil sneer. And I pulled in my in the room here, and then I felt like I was pulling from where you are. I was looking through the screen. Ooh. And I was like pulling over your right shoulder in that area. Interesting, because that's where I had the goosebumps, like all down that yeah. side. Now, it wasn't strong. This is smoke. Um, that's why I classified the two entities, type smoke and sand. Sand's usually tougher. That's usually more of a, a stronger entity. But this is smoke, so it wasn't anything strong. But it was still something Ooh. there while you were talking. So I was like, uh, you're definitely... Bring when you're talking about it, it's definitely bringing something up, and it's like, oh, hello, uh, am I being discussed? You know, and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like when I was moving in, and um, I, I, I had picked up two figures uh, instantly on my SLS when I was just showing mum how the SLS worked. Two figures straight away when I came into this bedroom. That was before I moved in here. And then when I moved in, you know, I'm just busy as in my head. So not even thinking about anything spiritual. And I just look up, you know, at the ceiling and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You can just take a hike on out of here. Off you go. And then I'm just like, Hang on a sec. Why did the, I just feel the need to say that? Um, but yeah, like I've seen a couple of um, small uh, black, you know, masses. And yeah, I had, um, you know, I was getting ready the other morning, like I was telling you, and I had a good old knock knock at my door, just like if mum or dad come to my room. So I'm just like, yeah no response so I'm just like yeah you can come in still nothing I'm just like oh for crying out loud because <laughs> I was rushing too so I was getting annoyed so I get up go to the door freaking mum no one's around like zilch no one's there so I call out into the into the hallway I'm like mum hello dad nothing so then I'm just like, mm, okay, this is interesting. Walk out, 
Mum and Dad are still all the way around the other side of the house, freaking sitting in the dining room. And I said, Mum, she said, yes. Did you just knock on my door? No. Did Dad? No. And my boys were at school, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely just, you know, more of a residual um, energy. But, um, yeah, well, that's, that's quite interesting that you needed to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess, no, I've been practicing pulling through uh, technology, like phones and cameras and stuff like that, because what I've been learning about time and place and how space and the whole how it works and like that usually if you watch a recording of something they usually say that people have asked like when i see a a a, a show on on youtube or on tv of a, doing a paranormal investigation could that entity come through tv and find me and technically yes because to them time and space doesn't exist so they think cool. that is their current time that they can come through devices and i've had on several occasions an entity that's on my side go through to the person I'm talking to on zoom and versus vice versa, something on their side comes over to mine. Um, So I could possibly hopefully with enough practice do pulls through um, cameras and stuff like that from a different location, regardless of halfway across the world, like you. (laughs) Yeah, that's, um, that's uh, yeah, really, really cool. But But, it's good that you can do that. And, um, because I've had like friends, um, you know, because, you know, Jane, as you know, um, you know, has abilities and another friend of mine in Melbourne and yeah, you know, he often picks up stuff, but even like I had some counseling earlier this year and I went to, uh, one of the ladies at my church and she had um, uh, this lady who apparently can see when, you know, because for them it's like, you know, angels or demons, right? And she can see when there's, you know, like something bad around someone. And Jane had kind of mentioned it on an investigation one night because, you know, what we've noticed is that spirits love to say my name. But this particular night um, I was doing a sensory depth and I was, like, saying so many personal things that Jane had to pull me out and I couldn't put it on, you know, in my episode. But they were like, really personal things that I'm like thinking well how how do they know and Jane said like I just I don't know there's something around you it's not a bad thing but she said it's just there is something around you and this lady said the same thing she said you've got like this dark energy around you and I saw it one day and it was just I haven't seen it since this was months ago but just kind of like a muddy brown gray kind of thing swirling around my midsection so yeah mm. interesting but i was going to say um to unpack your story uh from 
from hearing it and stuff like that. My best guess, and this is me studying demonology as much as I have and um, oppression, possession, and the acts of how it goes through it. Your story is almost spot on to a level of oppression of a demon that probably embedded the mirror, used it as a portal to get through from where it was to you, saw you, a psychic, someone who has abilities and thought, oh, this, I need this one. This one will help out a lot. And it puts you through a level of oppression, making you depressed, putting you in a dark place, making you hurt yourself, making you think about hurting yourself. It literally want to beat you down to a point where you're so broken that you're open for season to possess. And that's always been rule one when it comes to oppression. The fact that when your mother broke the mirror now, but I've learned and heard about haunted mirrors that you're never supposed to break them because that releases mm, the entity yeah. out of it. Um, yes. But, well, I learned that later on. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that when she broke it and then you basically became back to normal, like it basically everything lifted tells me that I don't think he was possessing the mirror. I think he was using it. It was using it for travel. And when you cut off that connection, it didn't have access to you anymore. Hence why it couldn't find you. Oh, yeah, you know? that's, that's, yeah, that's quite possible. But, you know, like I had people, you know, kind of question it and say, oh, yeah, like good story. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, you know what, like, this is something that happened to me. I'm just, you know, telling you what happened and it affected my friends, it affected my family, my, you know, friends of our family. You know, like we all went through it. Um, so, you know, I, whether, you know, people believe me or not, like it, that's just the way it happened, you know, and, you know, little bits will, you know, when you tell a story like a freaking thousand times, you're going to have, you know, certain little bits that are left out or that don't line up with how you told it the previous time. But the core of the story is always the same. Um, and, yeah, it, it's... And I still, I, I still just can't look into freaking antique mirrors. I just can't do it. No, I can't do it. Yeah, and technically, I would say you do have PTSD when it comes to that because it, it's like a scar. It's always going to be there. It's almost like you can, uh, in your mind, a scar that's there. Because I mean, I've talked to people who have been possessed, and any situation that causes for paranormal to go, they get, you know, they get edgy, they get freaked out because it's reminding them of that time. So you oh. being oppressed, I mean, just seeing that mirror automatically sends those sensations, feelings back to you. So that's why you're like, I don't want to see it. You know? um, yeah. So that's completely understandable when it comes to that. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I even asked mom, um, you know, because knowing that she's got, you know, certain abilities, um, I said, okay, so when you went over there and, you know, you were looking at stuff, I said, was it? You know, did they have like a lot of stuff or was it just, you know, pretty just sparse? And she said, oh, no, there was quite a lot of stuff there. And I said, oh, you know, well, was the mirror just kind of right in your view? And she said, no. She said I'd, I'd picked up a couple of things that that I wanted and, 
you know, I just happened to be, you know, kind of looking around and she said, and, you know, that mirror caught my attention. And she said, I just became like completely focused on it. And she said, yeah, like I just, you know, I had to buy it type thing. So it wasn't just, you know, sitting there when she walked straight into the house. It was, you know, amongst a lot of, a lot of things because they were getting rid of pretty much all their stuff um, to fly back. Um, So I said, well, well, that's kind of interesting too that, you know, she kind of picked up on it. But, you know, I never knew that she was seeing and experiencing things around the house um, leading up to me starting to act like a, a weirdo. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting, like, hearing, you know, like her side of it and how she, um, you know, her experience with it. So, you know, she and she said to me, um, I would not stop fighting until I knew you were safe. She said, because it got to a point where I knew that if I didn't do something and soon that it was going to take my daughter. And she said, there is no way that I would even think of having another family go through that. She said, and if it happened again, she said, I'd do it all over again. So it's funny. The only, well, I've come across a few haunted mirrors, but the only one that, um, well, on investigation, we found one in the bathrooms of the building, which was at a library. Um, And we were told through SB7 and even uh, uh, we called the ghost tube that the check mirror kept saying check mirror. Um, So we went to the mirror we found, and then we found that both mirrors in both men's and women's bathroom were off by a smidgen when you put your finger to it. So cool. I think Mike, our lead investigator, uh, asked me to put my hand to it to see what I could feel. And the second my fingertips touch the glass, you hear a distinctive crack. Ooh. Right? Wow. And I mean, I wasn't pressing hard to break glass, but I was just like touching it. And then it cracked. And then um, uh, I think... I think Mike said, or yeah, he said, Hey, go ahead and pull. Right. So I grab it and I pull the energy through it. And it was intense amount of right hand energy, which was dark. And I did it to the, I think the men's bathroom first and then to the women's bathroom. The women's bathroom had it worse than the men's. So I guess whatever yeah. attachment was set was set in the women's and probably traveled to the men's, but I pulled both mirrors and the energy changed and I basically cut off a portal. So it made me think that. Like haunted objects, mirrors, essentially the energy with, that's embedded in it can be taken out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the only other, um, yeah, experience I've had with um, regards to a mirror is um, in a place uh, in New York where we, we did investigate uh, last year and uh, – this was like um, the second time that we'd been there and I decided to just, you know, film, you know, just a kind of short, uh, uncut, like, daytime investigation. And one of the 
the rooms had that we knew of and had spoken to before a male spirit, you know, a grumpy male spirit. And this particular day we went in there and, you know, they had uh, an older kind of mirror up on top of the mantle and then they had just like, you know, your normal four-length mirror. And we kept getting mirror, like the spirits kept talking about mirrors. So I walk over to, because I'm assuming straight away that it's got to be the one on top of the mantle, right? And, you know, so I asked them, is it this mirror? And it's like, no, it's the other one. So I go over to the other one and I said, is this one acting as a portal? Are spirits coming through this one? Yes, yes. Um, and I think that, you know, the end of the, like the message that ended up coming through was that things were coming through this particular mirror that was upsetting the spirits who were already at this location. So we had to tell, um, you know, our owner who's, a good friend of ours now to, uh, you need to get rid of that mirror. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't look at them anymore. So (laughs) I'm not about to go investigate one. (laughs) Which, um, I guess, or I guess uh, one of the things I want to ask you one is that, um, I know you you do, uh, YouTube lives where you guys show your, your investigation you do with your team. Um, mm-hmm. There was one you did. It looked like you were in a prison or building or something. It, looked like it was all concrete and it looked abandoned. I can't remember what you that say means, it was. It was, uh, it was recent been, too. It might've been, was it a live investigation? Yeah. Yeah. It might've been one of the abandoned farmhouses. There you go. Yeah. The Maria was looking like you were like, uh, you were in some, wherever I was watching the video, like you had concrete floor and maybe wood walls or something like that. And, uh, you were catching something on the, your, um, I think it was the, uh, the SB7 box or the spirit box or something was coming cool. through. But I maybe mean, want to ask is like, uh, what, like, I don't know, last, last time we talked, it's been a while. But like what investigations you've done so far have been like, oh, it's like you caught like real good evidence or just like something intense happened? Oh, um, well, one of the, well, actually both the farmhouses. So the first uh, abandoned farmhouse that's got, um, uh, there are rooms where there's the concrete flooring, um, a lot of, you know, graffiti on the wall. We, you know, got quite a bit there. Um, And during one of the live investigations, we had the, you know, we went to take a break. So I just like put, you know, the camera down so everyone could just like keep an eye on what was going on. And you hear these like really loud dragging noises. And so they weren't too sure if it, you know, it was Jen and I, and of course, you know, we're checking in the chat and we're like, um, we're on the complete opposite side of the house and we're not even like in the house right now. 
and we're whispering. So there's no way we could be making that particular noise. Um, and it, and it comes through like three or four times. And even when I go back, just as I'm about to pick my tripod up, it comes through the audio again, but you don't hear it. Like I didn't hear it with my ears. So that was quite interesting. Um, the other farmhouse that we've been doing live investigations at, um, you know, I took one of our new team members there for the first time and we just filmed, you know, for 90 minutes. And in that 90 minutes I caught, you know, this large white mist. It kept its shape, everything, just move across the lounge room. And then another white mist, a lot of like anomalies, and there's like a black mist that kind of goes across like top of frame and then like it looks like something reaching out, like an arm maybe. Mm. It's a bit weird. And that was all in 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And, yeah, like one of my recent episodes uh, from the Ruby Room caught, like, you know, an amazing uh, spirit manifesting um, on night one and night two. Uh, But night two was when Jen was filming with me and it it travels down like it's, you know, like, I don't know, it's about that big and it's it travels down but it's got like, it's it's not like a spider web or anything like that. And then it, it kind of comes down close to where I'm standing and then it goes kind of back up the opposite the opposite wall. And Jen is just like, oh my gosh. And as we're talking, she, you know, I said to her, Oh, I'm getting like chills on the back of my arm. And at the exact same time, just as I'm saying that this thing's like manifested again, moving towards me. So, you know, I thought, you know, that was like quite compelling that, you know, because as investigators, you know, we do, you know, you get the chills or you'll feel kind of like, I don't know, like a heaviness in the room. Do you know what I mean? Like, so to, to say, oh, I'm getting chills on my arms and then it actually show up on camera that there's like a spirit like heading towards me is is quite cool. Um, And, yeah, upstairs on one of the static cams, uh, finally after hours and hours and hours, um, because that was our first like big capture when we started um, was like uh, what looks like a shadow arm come out of one of the rooms on our static cam and it got featured on uh, Sir Spooks. <laughs> and so I've been back there three times and hours and hours of like static cam footage later trying to catch the same thing. Um, I was just running a static cam marathon because, you know, more eyes are better than, you know, two. And, yeah, one of my subscribers like picked up like there's this shadow that just goes across the hallway basically from from one side of the hallway and it 
goes into the room where Jane and I were actually staying for that two nights. So, yeah, I suppose they're probably the best, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, yeah. Well, the last. I mean, I would love like a full apparition, but. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, you know, I, we haven't, well, the last team I was part of, uh, we caught a, a floating question mark of, of a of mist and literally a floating question mark. Uh, the oh, shape, wow. the shape of a question mark with the, that underneath floating, like it was made of like ectoplasm. It was floating through the, through the room. Holy shit. Yeah. That's we awesome. Couldn't make any sense of it. Like why a question mark or anything? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, the new paranormal team that I'm part of that um, I helped discover with uh, a few other psychics because everyone on the team has psychic abilities. It's now called Shadow oh, cool. Walker. Yeah, it's called Shadow Walker Paranormal, named, of course, after me, the Shadow Walker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but our first investigation so far, we we uh, investigated in uh, woods that are outside or in, in the Croatoan National Forest. Um, oh, and it's one Pacific road that's down there that we were, well, uh, our psychic Mike was called to. And yeah, I could say that we, the weird, other than hearing voices, a girl's moaning, clicking, uh, whistling in the woods in the middle of nowhere, mind you. Um, when I did the end of the night pull, when I pull from the ground and I pull all oh. the dark energy that I can in the entire area, when I came out of it, I looked up because I was on my one knee and how I do the pool. And I look up and I see in the woods, mind you, North Carolina trees, they're probably three or four stories tall. And I see it looks like a orange, yellow or orange, red light, almost like from a lantern or a torch um, up near the tree line. And like almost at the top of the tree line, if not a foot underneath the top of the tree line. And it's moving. It's moving as someone's walking through the woods, carrying this. And we are we we get try to get closer to go back to the the road where we parked the cars because it's in that area, and we're going through the woods trying to get there. And the moment we get in through the tree line to on the road where cars are, it's gone. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you figure out like if it was like could you come up with any logical like? <laughs> explanation or uh, our best guess is that in the Maybe same UFO? <laughs> no, I won't say that much but <laughs> our best guess was that uh, maybe a couple miles away from the current location there was another location called the witching road where we did a, uh, a pull I did a pull there and we kind of cleared the area out of any darkness but we were told or Mike or our college psychics were told that there was an elemental that came in. Um, they didn't want to give us name, but said Pan, which Pan Ooh. refers to an ancient, uh, we call it, I think it's Norse mythological god or something like that. But elemental, essentially, that's what, kind of what we got from it. And our best guess is that after I pulled the darkness from that area where we were in the woods, he showed up, hence why the light was so far up in the, in the, the tree yeah. line. That I was, was our- going to say, like, you know, elementals are, you know, protectors and and everything. So, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. No, I mean, that was our best guess. Other than that, we haven't been out there in a while. Um, uh, we're, try- we're, try- we're trying to go back out there again uh, soon. I think next week. 
But um, yes, that's so far what we caught. We didn't actually catch anything yet because it's every member of the team needs their hands free. <laughs> so yeah. we would probably have to get someone on that can just you know handle the camera. Other than that, we're probably never going to have any like live footage. Um, but yeah, and it is hard. Um, you know, I've been you know noticing that. Yeah, I'm just in a rut at the moment and and not just um, uh, with my investigating but psychically. Like I'm not, you know, like I'll get little tidbits but otherwise like it's been real quiet up there <laughs> and I think it's just, you know, I've just had so much going on and, you know, I'm constantly racing from one place to the next place, doing this, doing that, that I'm just not, like, taking the time to just chill, you know, do some meditation or prayer and just listen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I have the same problem too. The only thing, though, is that, you, like my wife, with her psychic abilities, all, all apply in your mind and stuff like that. But mine are in my hands. And mm. the catch-22 to that is, since, or at least the problem is I can't hear or see them. Well, at least not at the level that you and my wife can, in a sense, like, actually talking mm. to them. Um, the, the things that Megan has done recently have been amazing. Um, yeah. But when it, when it when I explained my ability and you're the person that actually helped me connect the dots and a sense like that. And I remember I had an episode that I released um, a couple months ago, just all me talking about what I've learned so far from the shadow Walker and what it is and, and the, the terminology when it comes around to it and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I brought you up and I brought Jane up because Jane yeah. is like me. She is the only yes. other shadow Walker that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if she's the only, I'm the only one she's ever met. I've, Hopefully she's met others, but um, well, I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure. It's 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 a rare. It is a rare gift. Um, I like and and Jane's, um, you know, her ability with it manifests in a different way to what yours does. So, um like not so much through the hands, whereas like you've got, you know, you get that that sensation and you know from right or left, like if it's, um, you know, benevolent or malevolent. Um, uh, you know, like I've helped Jane cross spirits over and I must say it's a very confronting and emotional thing, but I think, the more I do it, like the less like emotional I'll get about it. But it's just something beautiful about it. Like when you're crossing a spirit over to where, you know, they've been trying to get to for however many years. Yeah. Um, a situation that happened at the same library that we had the mirror. Um, what do you call it? Uh, when I feel the energy in my hands and most of it, depending on the strength of it, it might crawl charge my entire hand to my forearm depending on like it's it's energy level but after we we had this big session we crossed all these spirits over that were stuck at the library um my left hand charged and left hand usually means 
person or good person, something like that. But then my hand charge, it went all the way up to my shoulder with an immense oh, amount wow. of energy. Like I've never felt this level before. And oh. the only idea that came to my mind that I could feel something that powerful on my left hand would have to be an angel or an entity oh. that is surrounding an angel because I felt the opposite before. I felt something so dark that it charged up my entire arm, my right arm before, which oh. I haven't come encounter with a, a demon yet. Um, I might have, but that was my explanation of what I could have probably felt was a demon that that level of an energy that charged my entire right arm. And then versus my left arm would have to be essentially an angel, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's brought the one time I encountered something like that after uh, a time that we have crossed over a lot of spirits. Um, but one thing that I've actually a theory that I'm, I'm playing with and I'd like to get your, <laughs> your thoughts on it. Um, mm-hmm. I know Jane, she works mostly with the light. She never deals with much with dark. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Um, and my prerogative essentially is to fight darkness. I, I hunt them. I hunt any dark entity that I can find. Anytime my right hand charges, I kind of take them off the plane, but I recently had the idea and the symbol came as an image and a dream to our lead psychic, Mike. Um, and it's a King Solomon symbol, his seal that he had on his ring that entrapped demons and gens. If you know the story, King Solomon, how he trapped them in the Buildings mm-hmm. temple and all that stuff. That mm-hmm. symbol came to his mind. Now, I was recently looking at a King Solomon ring a ring with a King Solomon symbol on it. And I got it. So I got the ring, steel, uh, silver, and uh, it fits my my pinky ring, uh, my pinky finger, my right hand. Now, the theory that I have Mm. is my ability, (laughs) my Mm -hmm. ability (laughs) combined with that symbol, right? Uh-huh. could possibly trap entities in it that I take off the plane with my right hand. Yes, it's quite possible. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think um, no different to, um, you know, the ancient Dybbuk boxes, um, not the uh, Dybbuk boxes that YouTubers make themselves then do a video on to say it's a dippy box. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like ancient ones. Um, But, yeah, I mean, even witches used to, um, you know, trap spirits into, you know, what, well, it's not really like a a box, but kind of like a, a spherical type thing and they would put, you know, other herbs and, and things in it, but I mean, if well, if a, if a spirit can be trapped in, say, a mirror, okay, mm. then yeah, and you've got you know this ability to to pull spirits off the plane, then why why couldn't you even pull it into? an object well that was my my thought process with the whole thing because i mean granted there's not a lot of shadow walkers around at least not with my that i've met so far with my particular ability but combined with the ring and the symbol the symbol itself 
what it was used for a long, long time ago. Um, Ooh. Has it hasn't been done, and and hasn't been done even. I can't even think of anyone knowledgeable that's ever even tried doing such things like that. So playing around with the idea, um, but I know the dangers that come with it because if I put enough dark entities into it, the Ooh. the fear part or the conscious part would be that if someone touches it that's not protected in any way, the spirit could leave the ring and go into that person. So um, it is something that we're putting around with but um we're actually working on building a box that would house it um that is overprotected in a sense <laughs> um with different kinds of symbols and stuff like that that i could I mean, set do it you, in do you have oh like even if you have someone on your team that you know has like that that strong ability to um you know put up a protection around the ring um, so I guess kind of like we do when we are going to, you know, a location or if we've, um, you know, encountered a more negative spirit and, you know, we, you know, envision, you know, this ball of white light around us, for example, if someone on your team could put more of like a, protection around the ring or even you then anyone who did touch it like nothing bad could leave it do you know what i'm saying well we're just running like worst case scenario what could happen with that i'm not saying it would i'm just saying that we're just like uh, i don't want to probably chance it because then again nothing like been done before so we're playing with uh, maybe cards so (laughs) Well, and that's the thing with paranormal too, is that, you know, no one has the answers to everything and even the equipment we use, it's like, you know, it's not like none of us know anything until we're actually dead and on that side and know what's going on. I mean, for all we know, I mean, these spirits just sit back and just laugh at us like, can you get a load of this chip? Like, <laughs> she wants us to knock. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. And that's my hope for the future with the paranormal is that it gets respected enough, or at least taken seriously enough, that it gets studied mm-hmm. like any other form of science. Um, mm-hmm. And we start building technology and stuff like that can actually help or prevent or even protect people from uh, dark entities out there, or you know even help see what we're only psychics can see and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't help that, you know, our governments are building hydron colliders and <laughs> trying to, you know, create dark matter, um, you know, from other planes and, and dimensions and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I, I think if they've got the technology to to do, you know, something as big as create dark matter, then, you know, they, they've got to, like, have some kind of knowledge of what goes on on the other planes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. See, this is the thing with paranormal and why it's so fascinating because it's always like there's always more questions than answers. Um, 
So, yeah, it's never boring. <laughs> no. But um, I just looked at the time. Um, pushing over an hour. Here. Oh, good Lord. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate you coming on again. Um, like you're I said, welcome. you're always Thank welcome you. to come back on Hidden in the Shadows. <laughs> and I know. Um, I love talking to you guys. Yeah, a little advertisement, I guess. We, me and Megan, are going on your live, correct? You are. So I've been kind of trialing, you know, my own kind of podcast, I guess. Um, it's every second week. And, uh, yes, you and Megan are coming on next. Well, it'll be Wednesday night for you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. The 15th. So um, everyone listening, yes. look forward to that. Um, mm-hmm. And what's the YouTube channel that they can go to to see that? Uh, Ethereal Sisters Paranormal. You know, it's funny. Ethereal Sisters Paranormal is what acronym for ESP? Yes. Did you do it on purpose? <laughs> no, no, we didn't. But then after um, we were talking about it and they were just like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, well, that's definitely got to be the name then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, future episodes that we're working on. We actually got a lot of uh, bonus episodes of different people and stuff like that coming out, especially for Halloween mm-hmm. around October and yes. stuff like that. Yes. Um, that will be exciting. But where can uh, anybody find you? Um, so it's pretty much, yeah, uh, Ethereal Sisters Paranormal on IG, Facebook and youtube and twitter i'm rarely on twitter though um usually ig um and i just reached uh, a thousand followers on ig so awesome um that was exciting so yeah all right as always guys you can catch our uh social media stuff at hitting the shadows podcast on instagram uh hitting those shot shadows pot or hitting the shadow uh, uh hitting the shot six on Twitter, hidden in the uh, shadows podcast two on TikTok, or if you want to get access to all our social media, the hidden in shadows podcast.com has access to all our social medias where you can listen to us and also our merch. Um, Pete, I do appreciate you coming on. You are very welcome. It was a pleasure coming back on. Right. As always, guys, we'll catch your widows in the next one.